What's up, everybody? We are back. Angie, it's good to be here. Are you happy to be here? <laughs> of course. I'm very happy to be here. Are you? We just had some tacos, and it's Tuesday. It is Taco Tuesday. Yeah. I love it when that happens. Yeah, a little Torchy's Tacos. A little Torchy's Tacos. Brought to you by your office. They were so kind. You know, I didn't even know it was rent an office appreciation day or is it really? <laughs> well, we rent an office, but it was some type of office appreciation day. Yeah. And then we got these mini Diet Cokes. It's just miracles everywhere today. Wait, Emma. So we're coming off of our sustenance versus celebration call. And I feel like how we just had lunch is a beautiful example of we were picking and choosing what yeah. was sustenance and what was celebration. And I'll give an example of how I built my lunch out there. Okay. Okay. On the spread, as most taco spreads have, there were refried beans, Spanish rice. It was chicken and steak fajitas mixed together shells and then you know there was cookies and mini brownie bites there yes so i've been feeling really good we knew you and i were still going to be sitting here podcasting i didn't want to feel sluggish i wanted mental clarity so i ate the fajita chicken and the vegetables and you actually had brought 25 calorie corn tortillas. You can tell them what you did. Yeah. But I borrowed some of those from you rather than using the torchy shells because I was like, those are great. But I also know like sometimes that white flour or whatever just makes me feel sluggish. It was a little bit more calories than I wanted because I did want a mini brownie bite. So I was like, oh, I'm going to, you didn't even know. I didn't even know. You were in the bathroom when I ate it. <laughs> so I went forgo the white tortillas because those were a little bit more calories. I had the mini brownie bite. Plus I filled up on all of the fajita chicken and passed on the rice and beans because it all kind of tastes the same to me. And again, I'm like picking and choosing how I want to feel. And some of those foods make me feel a little bit more bloated or sluggish. Yeah. And you even passed up on the refried beans just because you did not want to be more bloated and sluggish. I right. Like that. Yeah. yeah. I actually, ro- I didn't know today was Taco Tuesday at your office. No. Um, so I rolled in with my own corn tortillas and beef. 96% lean beef and cantaloupe. So pleasantly surprised, all I really needed was the salsa and the pico de gallo. So I went in there and got me some and, and built my own taco that I had already brought from home. Yeah. Yeah. But I love how we worked it. We did. And so, right. It was a great example. Of it, it was, was a like, great. It, it was a great example. And there was an amazing key lime pie in there, but it was like 480 calories a slice, which is not something I, I like it. I just didn't feel like it today. Listen, and that's off of a, like a 16-piece pie, which means that is a really small serving yeah. for 400 and how many? 80? 480 calories. I didn't even look at the breakdown, but that is a lot. We We tend to make that lighter at home. Yeah. yeah. So we do want to say thank you. We yes. had asked you guys to share with us on Instagram Messenger how you have been trying to explain to your kids, if you have kids, what food is, right? Like, how do you explain to them sustenance for celebratory food? I use strong food and fun food. Emily has her language that she uses, but yeah. thank you so much. It was so eye-opening to see how you're doing it and some observation you had on yourself to be like, I actually think I might need a little bit of support with how I'm explaining that yeah. to them. And so thank you. Thank you for the messages and the feedback. And Emily and I are going to go through it all and then turn it into a future episode because some of you asked questions on how we learned to get out of a certain language that we used with ourselves or right. with our kids around food. So stay tuned. That's coming up 
in a later episode. I know. I'm excited about that. But today we're going to lead into a three-part series um, of playing your own game. And we're going to talk a lot about comparison and then how to structure your own roles based off your values in later series. But kind of wanted to start with um, a little how we were inspired to go even further into our own game. And a couple months back, we had the opportunity to go to a charity event with Patriots Hall here in Dripping Springs. And Matthew McConaughey was there. He was the guest speaker, and we got to meet him, didn't we, Angie? <laughs> I'm like grinning ear to ear. <laughs> yes. And we can kind of talk about, again, why we went to the event, like what we wanted to learn from it or whatever. But yeah. I'm just smiling because when he came out to start speaking, I wasn't sure if I was going to be nervous or if I was going to be fangirling because he's done a lot of great work. But How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days is still my favorite. <laughs> so we love Matthew McConaughey rom-com. <laughs> love him in rom-com. But it just felt so normal. Yeah. It was such a natural feeling when he walked into that room. I was like, oh, I'm supposed to be in this room. He's just like anyone else. And it just mm-hmm. happens to be that in his career, in his profession, he's very well known and he's done some incredible work. But it just felt like all these people coming together for a good cause all on the same level. It was yeah, so cool. I loved it. And honestly, the little talk that we did, but he he did like a movie montage where he talked about a lot of his famous movies and what he was thinking at that time and just kind of cool stories. But um, before that, he was talking about his book, Green Lights, right. which he ended up saying is his most favorite work yet. And I can see why, because it's an accumulation of what he has learned in his life. And it's been very different, which made it very entertaining. But I feel like he is the epitome and that book is the epitome of what it means to play your own game. A hundred percent. And you tell that if people haven't read the book, like the biggest game that he played when he went from rom-com to not rom-com. Like, and then when yeah. he, you, you explain it. Cause I feel like you do a really good at telling the story of where he was successful and what made him a booming success to like, wait a minute, that doesn't feel right. Like I'm not playing my own game anymore. Cause I feel like when I've heard you tell other people just the story. So will you tell our listeners? Yeah, I would love to. Cause this was honestly like my biggest takeaway from that book. There was two. I'll I'll share one later. You can talk to me uh, off this one, but he had to, we all remember when he was into romantic comedies and he was the (laughs) guy, you know? And once you have done something and been really successful at it, it is really hard for people to see you doing anything else. But it's very important that if you are somebody who's trying to create something or if you're trying to shift or what is no longer working for you, like you want to go in another direction, you got to you kind of have to like trust that gut instinct. Right. And you're going to have to go against the grain a little bit of like what people expect for you. Like imagine trying to do that, that famous when everybody's like, no, 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 no. This is how we want to see you show up. You're really good at this. Why would you want to change? Um, but we talk about that a lot in our community here. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul, Angie's husband, who's the co-owner of the Angie Method, was just talking about on the grad call today, like, it is okay to reinvent yourself at any given time and to shift. Like, give yourself permission to quit. You don't have to do something if it's not working for you anymore. Even though, like, maybe 
other people want to see that side of you because it benefits them really at the end of the day, you know, but what he said was he decided that he was going to do different kinds of movies. And that meant like drama or maybe action, or he was going to explore TV series and which we all know that he ended up doing. But at that time he had to like remove himself from Hollywood. Yeah. And It was almost like a game of chicken, he said. Like, they wanted him to be the romantic comedy guy. And he was standing his ground to the point where, like, I think it took 24 months, right, before them to take him seriously. I was just going to say, because I don't remember this because I'm not, like, that invested in Matthew McConaughey's life. I love his work, but I'm not, like, paying attention to how long it's been since he made one movie to the next. But when he said it was... At least two years. I was like, he was not like in Hollywood for two years producing. I had no idea. Yeah. And so this was the most shocking thing to me. Like in that course of two years, anybody would start to feel like, have I made the right decision? Is it over for me? Is what I really want going to be coming down the line? But he remained true to who he was and what he wanted to do. And and romantic comedies did not define him. And honestly, neither did the money because – he passed up $14 million. <laughs> when he said it, I was like, comedy. okay. Right. Yeah. But that was the breaking point where Hollywood was like, okay, this guy's serious. So let's go ahead and listen to him. But imagine if he had taken that, which I would have probably, I don't know, but wow. <laughs> well, and knowing who you are at your core, right? That's like another big thing we try to teach on. Like, yes, we're teaching on health and fitness and it's a big part of who we are as Mm -hmm. human beings is our physical and mental fitness, but to know who you are at your core and he had to know who he was at his core and what felt right to him rather than listening to the chatter or the noise around him. Like, but wait, you can make this much money, but you're really good at this. Like people love you in this role. And we talk about the word should, which we just talked about in our mastermind call. He could have gone in his head and say, you know what? This is what I should do. I should do this for my family, or I should do this because it's what my audience wants, or it's what my, I don't know, um, what, why am I blinking on the word, your agent, your agent, <laughs> I was like, I wanted to say agents, I'm like, yeah. no, right, but he could yeah. have done the whole, I should, but he held firm to what he believed was right to him at his core for two years and played his own game until yeah. they were, like you said, they were like, oh, he's serious. Let's his, see what's going to happen here. I love that. Like his games, his his roles. And I think that that's such a great depiction of somebody at that height surrounded by so many different opinions of what you should be doing. Right. Likely a lot of us don't have that kind of pressure writing on things. But like if you think about that on a smaller scale, that's what it comes down to sometimes. So like – Are you playing your own game? Right. So we got to attend that event Mm -hmm. and it was amazing. Yes. Now tell me what your takeaways were. Well, I was going to say it was just a great parallel. Like, like you said, he's on a way bigger grand scheme of things to, but what we're all doing on an individual daily basis Mm -hmm. of sometimes not playing our own game, but rather existing for other people or other things or things we've been told we should do or have to. Like, if we can learn how to zoom out like he did and ask, like, am I really the rom-com guy? Is that really all I yeah. am? And he and his answer literally to himself at his gut, what he knew to be true was, well, no, right? And, like, we've talked about with a lot of our women and my own self, I was like, 
am I, am I just a mom? Am I mm. just a business owner? Am I just a sister? Am I just a friend? Like, and I'm like, well, no, like that's not what you just are. Like yeah. you are Angie uniquely as Angie. And I have to stop making decisions. I will include people that are important to me to make decisions, but to make decisions for other people all the time, because I was either fearing disappointing them, right? Mm -hmm. So being a people pleaser or fearing losing people in my life, because if I was to make a decision that felt good at my core, that would be a change to who they knew me to be mm. in their environment. Yeah. Did that feel scary to you? It felt very scary. I'm yeah. still a think about other people, but I'm getting better at it and playing on yeah. my own game, doing what feels right to me. But it was just a great example of someone else who also experiences it. Cause I yeah. know if you're listening, you've probably felt that before where you're like, I make a decision, but you're like, but that's not really what I want to do. Right. Right. That's what I feel like I have to do or I should do. And then, you're scared to say something different because you've already made that decision and that's the expectation people have from you now. Yeah, and this reminds me of, um, and you talked about this earlier, which was funny, but um, Brene, Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't read a lot of her stuff, but I just recently saw a snippet of something she said and it really struck home for me. Vulnerability is the only way to connect with who you truly are, yet it's scary to a lot of us. But here's why it's important. If you're just trying to fit in, it is always going to be detrimental to you. But if you are showing up and saying, this is who I am and risking that that might not fit in with some circles, it's going to be okay because you are authentically you and you're not like betraying yourself just to fit in so to speak and yeah. then you gain confidence and in, in being like exactly who you are wait should do you want to get vulnerable right now let's do it okay i love it okay what do you got can you can you think of an example in your own life where you were playing somebody else's game and deep down inside it didn't feel right and then all of a sudden you're like i'm just going to trust in my own self and in my ability to do what's right for me, and you made a different decision, and then what happened next? I'm trying to, I mean, there's so many examples. I really put us on the spot, but I was like, this is great to like share our own experiences. You know what? This is actually really hard for me to talk about because I don't really feel like feel like I'm totally out of it some days. But um, oh, and we never are if yeah. we're aware of that too, right? Yeah. Like of the game we're playing and how other people are playing a part in it, and is it their rules we're playing by or our own rules? But it's mm-hmm. always a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Now I totally agree. I have a lot of amazing female relationships. I really do, but I have always struggled to some extent with it with somebody somewhere along the way because I like to be there for people. Um, I like to make sure that their needs are met, but sometimes that comes at the cost of my own. And what ends up happening is like I forego who I am a little bit and I kind of just show up in some female relationships as who they want me to be. And I normally always tell myself like, it'll be fine. It'll work out. I'll get my needs met somewhere along the way, which I've learned really isn't true. But in the name of vulnerability, what I'm really learning is um, how they are also justified too in the tension that they feel from me because I was not honest with them. Yeah. 
And that's uncomfortable for everybody. Okay, I'll share. Thank you, Emily. Yeah. I know I put you on the spot. So we have a power couples group where if there's a, a female right in the Angie method, and then if your husband or your significant other, whomever it is, is in Paul's program, we do a monthly call where we can all come together to be supported and to find alignment with each other. So we can individually respect each other's game that we're playing, mm-hmm. but also understand a shared vision and how we can work on that together. And the most recent one, which I don't know if you watched the replay, because I think you were traveling that day. I did not. Sorry about that. <laughs> I Paul was leading the call and I, this is, okay. So for, a, I can't believe I'm going to say it on here, for about three years, at the end of the gym existence, I did not want to be there. I did not believe we could make it as successful as he wanted it to be, right? He had this vision that we could get it to what you call a million dollar run rate, meaning we get up our monthly membership to bill whatever it is, like 80,000 a month to then run a million dollar uh, amount gym. Does that make sense? Yeah. And there was other people in the industry that were doing it. And we had been a part of a mastermind group where it was starting to give us belief. But I didn't have the belief because I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to play the gym game anymore. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to get up at 4.30 in the morning and leave my two babies at home to go teach people when somebody else could do it. I didn't want to miss another dinner where Paul was still at the gym till 8 p.m. and I'm feeding the babies by myself and putting them to bed. Like, I just, I didn't want to be there. Like, I was playing his game because I saw the attachment he had to building that business and the worth he had wrapped up in it. And honestly, he had built an amazing business and community, but it, I fell into the position. I joined him because he needed somebody full time to be there. And I was all in at the beginning and it shifted when I had kids. Yeah. And I just remember he would be like, okay, so what do you think about this idea? What if we did this or whatever? I constantly lied to him. Like, if you want to call it what it is, I was saying things to make sure that he felt supported Mm. to go after the dream he had with the gym. But I actually didn't want any of it. But he would say, like, what do you think about this idea? I'd be like, that's a great idea. Run with it. And two seconds later, he'd be like, what about this idea? I'm like, that's a great idea. Run with it. And he even said on the power couples call, because oddly, we gave the exact same example and neither of us knew it was going to happen. He's like, I knew there was a problem that Angie was no longer on board or playing her own game when she said yes to both ideas. She was like, yeah, good idea. Yeah, good idea. And he was like, you're not paying attention to what your wife wants. You're not paying attention to what game she wants to be playing. And it didn't mean that I couldn't get on board with the gym. I just think it probably had to look different because I was coming at it from like, I should just be supportive to him. I should want this business or whatever it was. And I did not. And because of that, we we felt off with a vision and couldn't even grow it to where we it probably could have been capable to grow to because I wasn't on board. I was not doing what I wanted. I was doing what I thought I had to as a wife 
and a business owner. Yeah, that's crazy because I think you and I just gave similar scenarios, different relationships, but like how often do we do that? Mm -hmm. Suppress what we actually want because either we're afraid of loss of relationship or somebody told us along the way that that's what supporting somebody else looked like at the expense of the things that you wanted, you know? And actually really what it does is destroys relationships. Destroys relationships, right? That's been a huge learning lesson to me this year. There have been some female friendships. Like, I think we would still be on good terms had I just been honest. Right. Yep. You know. And just had the vulnerability to be like, hey, I'm feeling this. I don't know if I'm reading too much into it, but it feels not right. And by you playing your own game, you're trusting in your instincts and your feelings to be like, there's something off and I'm going to do the emotionally uncomfortable thing and talk about it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, This leads me into the perfect opportunity to talk about the other part of the book that was pretty profound for me, where he was talking about he had that dream and he went over into the Amazon and he did the whole like exploration trip over there, which was really cool. But so you guys got to read the book. But if you haven't, if you if you have, you know what I'm saying. And it's about. a great audio because it's him yeah. reading it. Yeah, and he's got the best voice. Yeah. So <laughs> but he was talking about he was with like two tribal leaders who were essentially in an argument because they had like the different Hi. views. And he was like, I did the American thing, which I thought was interesting because maybe this is a societal thing that we do. And he then took a stance after listening to them for a while on who he thought was right. And they both immediately snapped at him. And the one was like, it is not about that. It is about understanding. Do you understand? Not and they about like waited right. for him to respond. And I thought, dang. Like, how much do we do that? We take a stance on A, who we think is right, B, whether or not we're right, and we judge that situation, but nobody's seeking really to understand. And what's our one saying in our team? Get curious. Get curious. Like, try to yeah. understand. Yeah. I totally forgot about that part of the book. That was powerful. That was, I was like, dang. Yeah. Like, that slayed me. I was like, man, I'm showing up that way. Yeah. Yep. I'm judging everything that way. Judging myself that way. Was I right or was I not? Yeah, I uh, I don't remember which podcast I was listening to, but they were talking about the – It was they weren't calling it Play Your Own Game because I know it's just what we call it in our program, but she was talking about declaration statements. And what happens is you declare one thing that you believe in or maybe you want to be right on, and then somewhere down the line, it doesn't feel right to you anymore Mm -hmm. like it's not the game you want to play anymore but Mm -hmm. because you've already shared with people this declaration and like i am paleo i am keto low carb i am whatever it is and all of a sudden you're like shoot i don't really want to eat low carb anymore but i already told people i'm keto and i've got to show up as keto because i said keto is the way that you lose weight and eating low carb is the only way i lose weight and then you've been presented new data and you start to consider like, hmm, maybe I'd like to eat more carbs. Like you want to play a different game, but because we can be so stubborn, Mm -hmm. you just won't do it because you don't want other people to know you're changing your mind because you made that declaration. Yeah. And I feel like that's a great example of how we do play your own game. It's like, hey, it's okay to change your mind. It's okay if something that you said you were going to do now doesn't feel right. Yeah. And you want to do something different and you've been 
introduce to new data or information or to a new way of thinking about something. If you're open to playing your own game, you're also open to making your own rules and changing the rules to best fit you and how you want to feel and how you want to exist. Why do you think that's hard for people to do? Because it's not the norm. Yeah. I mean, I'm just started learning this stuff about four years ago. It's like so recent and new for me. Like I lived in the I should, I have to Mm -hmm. world. I agree. I also think it takes some some humility and some uncertainty to go there because I think that we identify with certain aspects of those declarations that really serve us. And like, what do I mean by that? Like maybe your whole community is around people with the same paleo beliefs. Yes. Maybe those are all your friends. Now you might be alone a little bit or now you might feel some, you know, whatever it is. I think that we get afraid. Well, will anything else come my way? Yeah, that was good. Because when I decided to go the entrepreneurial route, my family all worked Well, my dad is an entrepreneur. Okay. But I'm speaking from like my sister, my brother, and my mom all, you know, expected retirement, like do the corporate thing or whatever it was. Yeah. And I was scared to tell them that I was like, nope, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. And I wasn't sure with making that decision, how they would respond to me, how I would fit in. Yeah. Would I have anything to talk about anymore? I know it sounds crazy, but these are the thoughts that go in your head. Yeah. And And honestly, would you say that for a little bit, there wasn't anything to fill it with yet. You had to like go on blind faith that there would be later. Yeah. 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 One of my girlfriends, she's probably going to listen to this. She's my neighbor. She, We were having a very deep conversation. I'm not going to get into what we were talking about. She's like, well, you can't have fear and faith at the same time. And I was like, I needed to hear that. Yeah. I was like, you're exactly right. She's like, so either you're going to make it that decision and you're just going to have faith that you're okay with it or you're just going to sit there in fear. Right. And I was like, Okay, I'm glad you went and heard that sermon and I'm glad we had this conversation and I'm going to take that information and just keep saying it over and over in my head when I want to play my own game and I'm scared to do it because of the uncertainty. I'm so glad that you said that because this year has been a year like that for me and I had to restructure a lot of things in my life and um, gosh, it was hard. Um, But I did learn that like faith does not look like me manipulating and controlling and diving into something else really quickly and or maybe going back to what it was because I didn't get anything new in my world yet. And out of fear, I just went back to like comfortability. Like faith is literally at rest and like trusting that like, like you said, she listened to a sermon, like God's doing it. Like there are things like think about this, right? Like the rooms you're going to be in down the line, the people you're going to need to be to know to accomplish some of your goals and your dreams, like it's so outside of your control. So you will like miss it if you try to control every single aspect of what you're trying to let go of. Yeah. And when she said it, because we what we say in the program all the time, like if one of the first things we do with our clients is we try to create a vision of the identity of the person they ultimately want to see themselves as, as the most beautiful self. Mm-hmm. And we're like, so now you have to focus on that. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the same example. I need to lead with faith and just focus on what I want and not get hung up on how is that going to trigger other people or how is that going to look? What can I expect? It's like, nope, focus on what you want and now have faith that as you focus on it, those opportunities or whatever I need to learn will come my way. Yeah, that's so true. I'm glad you said that because like even this podcast was scary. (sighs) 
Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm talking to you, so it's comfortable, but I'm saying a lot of things for a lot of people to hear, and I don't walk around saying these things, so <laughs> I am trusting that, like, you know, there's going to be some people that think I'm nuts, but there's going to be some people that really needed to hear it. That, yes, and that's what we both said. We agreed that we will say what comes to us on our heart, so if there's someone listening that needed to hear it and can find comfort in it, then we've done what we needed to do. Yeah. So absolutely. Well, I loved this chat. I think it's a good place to like stop for now and we'll go into the next two episodes, like tactically how to build out your own structure and play your own game. Don't you think? Yes. And do you, when we get there, are we going to play your own game with like, Hey, if you have a nutrition and fitness goal, like some things to consider, or do you want to play your own game with values first? Cause I think this three part series can be because we talk a lot about values. And if you yeah. understand your values, you know how to then make actions in accordance to your values. Yeah. We, let's get values first. Okay. And then, we go, then we go how that plays out into your nutrition and fitness, right? Yeah. So okay. maybe by the time we get on for the next episode, you'll have thought through as to what you value the most right now in your life. Yeah. And think about some different categories like career, relationships, family. What are some other ones? Health and fitness. Health and fitness. Wealth. Mm-hmm. Spirituality are usually the top six. Yeah. So if you kind of can't prioritize everything. Right. And yeah. we'll get into it. But yeah. think about of those six, which are your top two to three right now that you're like, these are the things that need most of my attention and intention right now. Yeah. And I would just like to say, I really love this chat. I'm really proud of you. I'm really proud of you too. <laughs> Thanks, Matthew. You really helped us open up. So <laughs> go, go follow the green lights. <laughs> right. right. It's your girls over here in Texas. Wait, can we wrap it up with one last story about Texas? Yeah, you got it. Tell it. Okay. So he was studying, this is Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. He was studying abroad. Was it Australia? Yeah. Okay. In Australia. And everyone in the group was going around and saying where they were from. So let's say one person said, I'm from United States. And another one said, I'm from United States. I'm from England. And yeah. he, they got to him and he said, and I'm from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody knew exactly what he was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, hopefully you love Texas as much Come as we Come and take do. it. <laughs> I just remember thinking, I'm like, well, that was the best story ever right now. Yeah, so, I love that. That's all we got him. <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening. And if you like what you heard, share it with anybody and everybody you know. We would definitely appreciate that. And don't forget, if you want to get notifications for the next episode, be sure that you subscribe. And if you did like today's episodes or you've liked the past ones, if you could leave us a review, let us know your thoughts. As always, that helps other listeners know what we're all about. Yep. Thank you. Y'all have a good day. That's a wrap. (laughs) 